Welcome to episode two of the Moving the Chains podcast. This is Reek. I'm here with the host, with my co-host, I mean, Jake and Dane. Dre is not here, but he's here with us in spirit. And uh, we're actually just about to get this rolling. Um, last week, week one of preseason began. Uh, we've seen some debuts. We've seen some second year players or upcoming players. Um get the opportunity to showcase a little bit um i didn't expect to see pat mahomes play but he did um what are some takeaways that you guys got from week one of preseason um man uh i think kyler murray in you know a short sample he looked very well um i think he was six of seven he looked comfortable in that system you know you look at, you know, mm-hmm. previous um, players, you know, like go in their first game, whether it be preseason or regular season, they look skittish, you know, they kind of look nervous. You can kind of tell, you know, they're not really comfortable. He looked really comfortable in that pocket. Now, I'm not saying that's, you know, the competition he's going to be facing, of course. You know, those are preseason players. So I can't really, you know, look into it too much. But from what I saw, he looked really good. Um, I think he fits that system really well. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out but from one series i believe one series yep uh yeah one series he looks pretty good so you see he's, and the one the one thing he started off near the end zone like so it was a pretty good sustained drive i don't not sure if he got points off of that but i mean hey it was impressive to me what was he six for seven he was six to seven for 44 yards i believe yes yeah so i mean that's that's very impressive i'm also interested to see um, how the rookie wide receivers pan out. Um, I know they drafted Hakeem Butler. They drafted Andy Isabella. Um, how they get He's implemented into speed, that. Man. Absolutely. How they get in- implemented into that offense is going to be um, really interesting. Uh, also, you got Christian Kirk. Yes. For this yes. Second year. I'm thinking he got, might have a breakout course, year. Honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think actually I'm overall interested with the Cardinals to see how many wide receivers deep they're going to go. How many like they're going to go each game because already running the air raid, you're going to be bringing wide receivers in and out. So I'm curious to see how many wide receivers are they going to trust with Kyler his rookie year to give him a chance to make plays because we already know Larry Fitzgerald is the undisputed number one there. But like you guys say, Christian Kirk is a big breakout candidate. They did draft plenty of other receivers. And of course, you still got David Johnson where we're not just talking about running the ball. He's a dynamic pass catching catching back also. So it's like they're going to have weapons all around them. The line almost got Josh Rosen killed last week. I mean, it didn't seem like a problem. Uh, for him, Monday night, um, last week, my bad, but then again, it was a very small sample size. So as the preseason progresses, we'll get a chance to see more of how, you know, he interacts with the offensive line. I think they play the Raiders on Thursday, actually. They yes. do. So that would yes. be a good one to see. That's on ESPN. Hey, you guys know, actually, yeah, you know, I saw I saw them talking about this uh, on TV, and I want to ask you guys the same thing. What team do you expect more out of this year, the Raiders or the Cardinals? Like, in all honesty. In all honesty? Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go on the limb and say the Raiders. Um, you make a trade for Antonio Brown. You draft Josh Jacobs. Um, obviously, you, you drafted Cleveland Farrell. Um, I feel like that's a team, um, I'm not going to say it's a dark horse, but it's a team that could definitely make some surprises this season. I'm not necessarily saying Super Bowl contender but um, I feel like they could somehow sneak into the wild card if everything goes well and yeah so that's also I want to add just because I say that doesn't mean I expect the Cardinals to be some terrible team (laughs) Um, I I expect Kyler Murray to absolutely uh, play solid in this rookie season and only will build on that in his years to come so I feel like they'll go about five and eleven or so. He'll steal some wins for him, and yeah, they should be very satisfied with that in this rookie season. Yeah, I'd have to say the Raiders too. Um, I don't think the Cardinals are just ready yet. Which, I mean, that's no discredit to Arizona. You know, I mean, they're not supposed to be ready. They don't have a complete team, and they're starting a rookie QB. And you really can't ask much um, in the first year. I think Kyler will be solid this year. Um, like you said, I think they might go at the most six and ten. I'm thinking more around five and eleven, four and twelve. Um, but like I said, you know that's not really a bad thing to start. You know, that's just Absolutely. getting a couple wins under your belt, and most importantly, getting experience. Um, but 
I just say the Raiders are more suited. Um, not to make a run or anything, but in at this moment, I just think the Raiders have more than the Cardinals would. I mean, you look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not a great QB, but he's certainly not a bum. Um, he's, right. he's certainly capable of getting it done. You know, we saw him, you know, go 12 and four um, and, you know, lead the Raiders to playoffs um, pretty deep, actually, until his leg snapped. Um, so he's capable of getting the job done. I think AB is going to be a huge X factor, um, depending whether, I don't know, man, like AB is a real wild card because you look at his feet for one. I mean, yeah, that's, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know how that exactly happens. You just don't wear shoes and you know, the, I'm not sure what it was. I know he got frostbite. It was the cryo, it was the cryotherapy th- uh, tank. It, yeah. He yes, didn't have on anything was. covering his yeah, that's just that's just not smart. Yeah. So, um, as minimal as that sounds, I think that's a big deal because I mean, Antonio Brown probably has the best feet out of any receiver in the league, let alone hands. I mean, his footwork is you know second to none. Um, so his feet are important. So I know people are kind of overlooking that, but I think that's a big deal. Um, also, you know, there's a lot of weapons potentially that the Raiders got. You know, in those first yes. three picks, you look at Josh Jacobs. I don't think anyone's talking about him much, but he could be poised for a big year. You know, yeah. I mean, I think the Raiders O-line's not terrible. I think, you know, he's going to be in a decent little system. Um, I say Derek Carr is more than likely going to throw the ball more than, you know, they're going to run the ball. Um, so he's not going to be asked too much. He's just going to be asked to go out there and do his thing. Um, I think that's safety. Uh, Jonathan Abram is going to do his thing. And as much as Cleland Feller, I'm sorry, Cleland Farrell was a reach at number four, I still think he's going to do his thing. I don't Absolutely. think it was worth it at number four, um, but I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's a bad player at all, man. I think he's good. He's capable of doing it. He's not Khalil Mack. You know, he's not He's not Aaron Donald, you know, but that's kind of hard to live up to that expectation. So Absolutely. I think he'll do his thing. Um, I think the Raiders are more poised um, for a better year than the Cardinals, but I would not be surprised if the Cardinals, you know, sneak out some wins. I also want to uh, bring up the fact that they have so many players that they're relying on in their second year as, as well. One of them that I want to mention is Arden Key. Um, I believe they drafted him pretty high last year and was expected to fill the role of Khalil Mack. Obviously didn't, big shoes to fill, but I feel like he could have a solid season this year with another year of NFL experience under his belt. Um, also, going back to the offense, um People forget that they also signed Tyrell Williams from the Chargers. I feel like that could be a big addition as well. He's a big body, um, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Six four, absolutely. big frame. Absolutely. I feel like that's a really good I guess I guess I'm the one I, I was gonna say, I guess I'm the one that's just like I don't know what to think of the Raiders still just because I don't of, think anyone does, even honestly. if you remove Antonio Brown from, Yeah, like even if you remove Antonio Brown from the equation and what he's what he's got going on, it's like I'm still very I'm side-eyeing the relationship between Derek Carr and John Gruden Mm -hmm. just because you know the type of person John Gruden is. We've seen the type of person that Derek Carr is. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but you hear reports of how his teammates have, you know, some of them thought he was soft. And I don't necessarily agree with that because that season that you mentioned that, you know, he finally just stopped playing when his legs snapped. He was playing through injuries. I'll give him that. He's a tough tough dude. He's a tough dude, but there's still – what was it sometime that he was crying when he got hit or something like that? It's a lot. But it's like, yeah, I've heard a lot, you know, you've heard a lot of stories about Derek Carr's toughness. And then even with just John Gruden being the ass, like I, I met Gruden's probably tried to make him cry or something or push him to the limit. So, you know, I just don't know what to expect. And I kind of figured that's a team that could still implode. Now, that's not to say I have high expectations for the Cardinals myself, but I think I actually have some things that I do expect out of the Cardinals. Because you don't expect them to be a playoff team, but you want to see something. You want to see that the offense, that they made the right choice drafting Colin Murray this year, just one year removed from drafting Josh Rosen. You want to make sure that they made the right choice bringing in uh, a guy that had a losing uh, coaching record. It was actually the offensive and you basically just stolen from there. Like the Cardinals have a lot to try to see and they have a lot to try to figure out, but no matter what, if the deep, if the offense looks promising, they'll be okay with three, four or five wins. They just need to see something from them. And I'm, I'm kind of with that. Like I'm curious to see how it'll play out. But, I mean, like, I, I guess if, if if you was to expect more of a team, it would be the Raiders because the Raiders have more talent. But I still don't know what to make of it. Or even I agree. his return. Yeah, like, yeah. It's really Gruden just, was it's never – At this yeah. point, honestly, they're just, they're just severely mediocre without A.B. And then if you put A.B. in, he's just a wild card. You know, he could be great or he could be a diva and he could be a cancer locker room. We saw it last year in Pittsburgh. 
Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect, but I don't expect much. But I also wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if, you know, they did you know, break out because they're an interesting team. Um, obviously, yeah. HBO thought so because I'm pretty sure they gave them hard knocks this year, if I'm correct. Um, I think uh, Yep, they have. Did episode one drop already? I'm not sure. Yeah, they, it already did. Yeah, it's already started. Yeah, okay. it started. Okay. Well, next episode because that was the episode tonight. I remember. Um, yeah, Antonio Brown's kids was asking him where Ben Roethlisberger was, and uh, oh, yeah, that that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It's like, yeah, we don't we don't play with Ben no more. <laughs> wow, that's, <laughs> that's kind of bogus. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they knew. It's not like they knew any better. You know, of course they're gonna right. ask, but I mean, that's yeah. still kind of funny. Yeah, that's true. Since we're on the uh, topic of rookie quarterbacks, I uh, want to switch gears. Uh, I'll save Daniel Jones for last. Let's talk about Dwayne Haskins' performance in his week one debut. Um, what do you guys believe? Well, well, before we get into it, I got something like, did you? I don't know if you guys saw Josina Anderson had a chance to ask Adrian Peterson some questions, and my answer would basically be the same as his. This team is going to suffer without Trent Williams. It, it yeah. looks oh, bad, and it's like not to take – not to take – not, not to basically alleviate all of uh, Haskins' poor performance on the offensive line, but nobody looked good. And, you know, if your rookie quarterback can't get settled and the running backs can't do what they do all to his left, it, it, it's, he, he, it's going to be bad. Like, not to sugarcoat it, man. He, he, he kind of looked like shit, you know. Like, <laughs> it's just the call it what it is. But they, they're going to have some problems to figure – they're going to have some things to figure out with their team all around, especially if Williams who's saying he's not coming – staff is gone and it don't look like they're firing medical staff so it looks like he's just going to be holding out for a while so they're going to have some things to figure out but that wasn't anything to write home about but it was the first preseason game though so yeah I don't want to sit here and put the nail in the coffin but damn yeah <laughs> yeah I agree I think it's it's too early to say obviously with anyone you know I mean it's one game that's just ridiculous that we could even Absolutely. make like a claim um that he's gonna be good or bad I don't think anyone would be correct in that state but you're right. Uh, he didn't look he didn't look comfortable, but at the same time, you can't really blame him. Um, he's not playing, you know, with his full complete offensive line. He's missing a you know a left tackle who's a Pro Bowler, likely you know one of the best in the league. Um, that's a you know that's a big big deal. You don't want to be having to look over your shoulder on the left side, you know, because you have no one over there. Um, I feel that does affect him. Um, other than that, um, I think he made some good throws. But I also think he made some bad throws. Uh, I yep. think he's got a lot of growing to do, which, like I said, that's not a discredit to him. He's a rookie QB, a lot to learn. However, um, I think he's going to solve it. I do really believe in Dwayne Haskins. I think he's got a really good arm. He's got a lot of poise in the pocket, and I think he delivers a really good ball. Um, so if he gets weapons, because um, I don't really see many weapons on that side of the ball um, in Washington right now. You got a couple nice running backs, you know, in AP – um, and Chris Thompson, but as far as receiving core go, Josh Doxson is, I mean, he's pretty much non-existent really. I mean, he doesn't really Absolutely. do much. Um, I really, really touted him as a good receiver coming out of college. And I'm really disappointed that he kind of fell flat. Um, he, he had AJ green comparisons coming in to the NFL and mm-hmm. he has TCU, not, right? not met them. Yes. He went to uh, TCU and he was, I mean, he was on ESPN all the time, you know, top 10, making one handed catches, you know, when you look yeah. at his stats and, I mean, they were ridiculous, and he just hasn't—he just hasn't performed up to that. Um, so, if anything, he needs to step up. Um, and Paul Richardson, Paul Richardson, good, but I don't think he's a star. He's not anyone yep. that's going to make like, you know, game-breaking plays. Um, so, I think there's a lot to solve. In I mean, I think he can stretch the field. He can stretch the field, though. Oh, he absolutely. can stretch the field, though. Oh, yeah, but they yeah. still don't have a clear-cut. You know, they don't have a clear-cut number one. I think you guys. I mean, we all still forget that Jordan Reed plays. I'm sure he forgets sometimes because he's always hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it really takes away from how good he can be. You know, that's a, this is a total side note. But I was playing Madden, and it showed me something about him having only 24 career touchdowns. Oh, wow. I thought it was like a, a computer glitch or something. And uh, I believe that's about right. He he's injured so much. I think he's only played like maybe one or two seasons over 10 games. Oh. So you, he's you can't really count on him, even though he's when he plays, mm-hmm. he's, he's great. great. He's great when he's healthy, but that's the thing. He's not really healthy often. I mean, it was – I don't know. Jordan Reed's good, but you just really can't count on him being around because he's always injured. Um, But other than that, I think he's a stud. 
Uh, side note, if I'm the Houston Texans, I would be on the phone right now trying to get Trent Williams. I don't know why that trade hasn't been completed yet, but it needs to be. I think there's a lot of teams that would be interested teams in refuse to trade him. I mean, you'd be wrong not to. So The Bengals should be another team as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Jonah Williams, you know, their first overall draft pick, uh, 11th overall. Uh, he's out for the year. Definitely could use them, but I don't know. I feel, I feel that not they have to give up a lot for Trent Williams, um, and I feel – that's not really the best interest in Cincinnati right now, considering they just drafted their future outside tackle. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about that, but a lot of just, teams should definitely look into it at least. Also, just to piggyback on, um, you know, talking about Dwayne Haskins, um, like you, both of you guys said, it has its ups and downs. Um, you've seen plenty of rookie quarterbacks who have turned out to be great struggle in their preseason debut. Like, it's nothing new. <laughs> so, I mean, that's nothing to overreact on or anything like that. But what AP said is definitely going to be the, the case. They need Trent Williams on the field. and I don't know what to expect from that offensive line without him. Um, that's one of the best left tackles in the league. Like, I don't understand why you don't make all the necessary precautions so he's on the field. But that isn't how the business works. And – Hassens is going to have to grow as, I mean, you know, just figure it out as he goes, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I mean. How about, th- how about this real quick? How about this real quick? Let's all make a bro- bold, uh, bold prediction real quick. Do you think Jay, uh, Jay Gruden is going to be the coach for the Washington Redskins in 2020? No, I, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. I don't see how you even if even if I feel like, you know, like when you draft the rookie quarterback, it's supposed to give you more time. But I mean, he's done he's done lived through with three quarterbacks at this point, possibly I think about three quarterbacks. He's had RG three. He's had cousins for a while. I mean, I don't remember much of last season, even Alex Smith Colt. Also, I mean, you've had your time. You've had teams. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I think they're one mediocre season away. If they go anywhere under six and ten, he's gone. Oh, yeah. it depends. Yeah. It depends if they start Haskins though. If he starts Haskins, that could possibly extend his time a little more. If he starts week one, of course. Um, but I mean I, I don't know how many mediocre seasons can you take being the head coach, unless you're like Marvin Lewis who probably had dirt on the entire front office of the Bengals. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> That's the only way I can see Jay Gruden continue to be the head coach of the, of the Redskins. You can't mm-hmm. you can't be mediocre for that long. So, what have you done for me lately, league? And um, if if another season happens the way it's been, I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be fired. Um, moving on to another NFC East rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, obviously was. Really, impressed everybody with his one drive performance. Um, I, it's funny because before the game, I started, I said, yo, Daniel Jones is about to light it up. And I was like, yo, I'm about to watch QB one Daniel Jones um, uh, play. And everybody was like, oh, no, I'd rather watch this. I'd rather watch that. And then he actually had turned out a very good performance in that drive. So You know what that reminds me of, actually? Remember remember how Twitter blew up when the Knicks took Chris Tapp's Porzingis and everybody I, was like, oh, my God, like, what yeah. are you doing? This is terrible. Like, what is this guy? And funny enough, it's a New York franchise doing it yet again. I Yo, think you this know is the same mm-hmm. exact scenario. I think he's going to be good, honestly. I truly do. The funny part about that is I was just on the podcast. Uh, shout out to Arden Sports Talk on Twitter. Um and I had said that exact analogy. I said, this really? is just like the Chris yep. Porzingis situation oh, yeah. where everybody booed him and then everybody all of a sudden, you know, was quick to jump on the bandwagon before it was too late. But I think we need to see a little bit more from Daniel Jones before I, I jump on the bandwagon. However, I never, I never yeah. thought Daniel Jones <laughs> wouldn't be in, you know, a solid NFL quarterback. I just think they reached. At six. Yes. I think he would have been there at 17, despite multiple reports saying, oh, so-and-so wanted him, you know, Miami wanted him, all this. I I don't know. I don't see that, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's a bad player by any means. I I I think that's the imagination. I think he's going to be okay. 
I think that's what everybody was laughing at, really, the fact that they drafted him at number six, not the mm-hmm. fact that they drafted him in general. Exactly. If exactly. he yeah. was to be was drafted at high. number 17, I don't think it would have been that many people, like, like especially Giants fans, complaining about that. Oh, no, um, not at all. Because then that would have been a more than fair, you know, assessment right there. You need a QB, and that's your last first – well, not, not your last first rounder, but they had three, right? Or did uh, they have two? Yeah, they had three. Yeah, they had three. Yeah, they had three. Okay, so your second first round. So that's like that's pretty much like the area you expected that QB to be taken, not sixth, but yes. I think it's the same thing with Farrell. I don't think Farrell's a bad player over there in Oakland. I just think he was way too high. And that's Absolutely. I think that's consensus, you know, among a lot of people um, you know, that watch that draft. They're like, Okay, yeah, we like the player. He's a good player. I just don't think he was a number four overall pick. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think Josh uh, Allen might have been more suited for Oakland, but, I mean, I think he's going to kill it in Jacksonville. So, absolutely. Prop, props to them for getting his, their guy a seven. That's nice. I, I wish they would have – well, I don't know. It was a good pick. Definitely a safe pick. Uh, I wish they would have gotten uh, Nick Foles more help and gotten something like <laughs> oh, T.J. Yeah, Hawkinson. Yeah. But, no. I mean <laughs> – yeah, man. <laughs> You're gonna follow Foles everywhere, huh? Everywhere he goes, man. He's gonna stand no, up Foles. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't help but do it. I mean, Broncos are only right. Hey, I respect it. History. I respect it. A lot of players, you know, kind of throw their throw their former players, you know, to the side after it's over. So I Yeah, yeah. I That's it. one player I couldn't like with McNabb, I didn't give a shit. I was like, whatever, like you you can go to Washington. Like oh, I don't yeah. care. Yep. <laughs> but but yeah. with, with hey, the, hey, the end of McNabb's career was wild. The end of his career was wild. I forget. Didn't he play for the Vikings yeah, also? He played for the I think Vikings. he was with the Redskins. Yes, yeah, he did play on the Redskins. So you yeah. saying him going to Washington is ironic because he actually did. Yeah, he, he yeah, got traded. Funny. He got traded to the Redskins. Got benched in that year. Then got traded to the Vikings, and I think he got benched in that year too. Like that was that was weird. That was weird. And uh, I guess the, it ended rough. Yeah. The mm-hmm. only weird, oh, yeah. the really weird part about that was that went to the wild card with um, when he was with Philadelphia. They lost to the Cowboys. I believe that's like their only win, only playoff win in like, I don't know how many years. But um, he got traded after that. And I was like, wow. And then they gave Kevin Cobb the reins. Cobb got oh, God. for Michael Vick. <laughs> That season was insane. I Kevin Cobb, man. What a Kevin Cobb talk about sucked. a name I haven't heard in a long time. Thankfully, he retired honestly. after getting so many concussions. He was so terrible. Yeah. Oh man, he was bad. No disrespect, man, but like he, he was bad. That's bad, man. Um oh, but one thing I want to point out because you said something about Josh uh Josh Allen. I want you to pay attention to the defensive line because you know they still have to pay in Gakway. And when you still got the contracts for Darius and Calais Campbell, they already got um I think Malik Jackson's gone, right? Yep. Malik so, Jackson with Philly, yep. 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 So you're gonna have to watch that because Josh Allen might be somebody's replacement. He might be Calais' replacement unless they push him on the inside. And if they push him on the inside, then I'm pretty sure Darius is gone. That's still an expensive team and we don't you know, Jalen Ramsey already said he's not taking the hometown discount. He wants to be paid. You saw how he showed up the first day of training camp. So they're gonna have stuff to worry about. If this team sucks again. The same people are going to be gone. It, I said if the uh, if the Jaguars suck again, they're going to be a totally different roster on defense. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of players going to be gone. If they fall flat again. Uh-huh. It's, it's going to be similar to – it's going to be similar to the Legion of Boom, how they – I mean, yeah. I guess it was different because, you know, so many – like a couple people retired and it was just – it was just weird how they ended, but you went from uh, Richard Sherman to Jeremy Lane and Brandon Browner to who knows who Byron Maxwell or something like that. Like, man, yeah, that, it was a bad, bad falling yeah. apart over there in Seattle because that was one of the best defenses the NFL's ever seen. And I Cam mean, Chancellor retired. Oh, that's my guy, man. Cam Chancellor, one of my favorite players ever. Absolutely sucks. Sucks to watch it happen, but it happens to every team. It's all about money at the end of the day. It's a business, and not everyone can get paid. That's why it's it's hard. It's hard to maintain yeah. a good team. Absolutely. That's why I praise all of the general managers who have been well, who have been successful for a very long time. I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, I don't know what that Jaguars defense is going to look like if they implode this upcoming season, which could very well happen. I feel like there's a lot of egos in that locker room. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I feel like they gave up near the end of last season, in which. 
I think the game where they initially gave up was when Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, went nuts. yes, sir. I was about to say it. I was about to say. He I think went their season nuts. Ended when Derrick Henry literally ran their entire defense into the dirt. This man had four good games last year, and all four of those games were amazing. That is crazy. They were amazing, like amazing, bro. You just imagine how many people had Derrick Henry benched in that particular game because he sucked all season. And fantasy. then he just goes, he comes out and just does that. I'd be so upset, man. I would like I don't so know. Upset. I don't even know how many fantasy points that is. That has to be over forty. Like oh, easy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I oh, think yeah. it's nearly fifty fantasy points because I know you get like uh, one fantasy point every ten yards. He got like over two hundred yards. So I mean, he had four touchdowns, a touchdown, six points. So yeah, yeah, it's somewhere around fifty. Yeah, that's crazy, man. but. <laughs> I can't wait for fantasy football season, by the way. Just oh, yeah. Quick... Oh. oh, yeah. Um, but since we're on, you know, I don't, what other, um, what other, you know, performances were you guys paying attention to in preseason? I know it's just preseason. I know it's such a small sample size, but I just want to know uh, what else you guys were looking at. Um, a little bit of bias. You know, I was eager to. You... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, you go can... ahead. I, I, you know, trust me, I was about to do the same thing you were going to do. I, a little bit of bias on my part, too. Devin Bush, you know, I was very curious to see how he was going to look, you know, controlling the defense. And that man is fast. I mean, like, he's he was in on every some, – sometimes it's not like to the point like when Shazier was a rookie. He was so fast that he just completely, like, overrun everything. Like, Bush was missing some tackles, too, but he was still there. Like, he knew how to break down at the play. And quite honestly, I was amazed. So, that, I think that, was, very, that was a promising performance. He did. he did. That's ten tackles. He I mean, did ten tackles preseason game. That's. I mean, that's not like you know something crazy, but that's not bad. I mean, certainly not bad. It and is he, a lot considering. I, I mean, I don't know if he played the entire game. I don't. Yeah, I don't did, know either. So I just. That's I'm not really sure impressive. If he played the entire game. That's really impressive, honestly. Mm-hmm. And to even be honest about it, on the flip side, that first drive, because I'm, I'm not sure if Jameis played longer than the first drive, but him and that offense, they were moving that first drive because uh, the Bucks came out and they scored on their first offensive drive. The Steelers ended up winning the game, but not that it matters because, you know, third and fourth string quarterback explaining everything. But Jameis even looked decent himself. Like, there wasn't – I can't recall off the top of my head, but it didn't look like I saw any interceptable passes. It, it just looked like he was out there running the show. They didn't look like a well-oiled machine. You know, I think they're still going to have problems running the ball this year. But I liked what I saw from them. Um, one player on – just speaking on that particular game, the one player which we kind of got into last episode was James Washington. I really like what I've seen from him. I really feel like he could, um, in a way, fill a void for the production that Antonio Brown's leaving. I, I really like what mm-hmm. I've seen from him in that particular game. Devin Bush was also an impressive player in the preseason. Um, one player I'd want to bring up, pretty random, Miko Hartman. I love what I've seen from Miko Hartman. Yeah. Um, that dude is fast, man. Is yeah, he's going a jet sweep, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the crazy part about that was Miko Hartman was supposed to be drafted to be a replacement for Tyreek Hill if anything happened. He was gone for an extended amount of time. Mm-hmm. Now Tyreek Hill is back not going to miss any games, and then you just add a, a weapon like Miko Hartman. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying Mahomes is going to throw for 50 touchdowns, but I'm also not saying it's impossible. He won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, I'm not saying he will, but I'm not <laughs> saying he won't either. Because I could I could definitely see it. That Chiefs offense is still deadly as ever, honestly. They, they, I mean, play, one, they play one drive, and they, they just – like the first play was like a 30-yard pass to Travis uh, – or, yeah, Travis Kelsey. Like, I was – I was like, here we go again, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, since we're kind of talking about breakout players, uh, I think this would be a good time to talk about players that we could see having a big breakout this upcoming season and also t- players that could make a regression um, this season. So I'll let you guys start. We could talk, we could talk about breakouts, breakouts first, and then we can talk about uh, regressions. Okay. Um, for breakouts, uh, man, uh, I think there's a lot of people uh, to look out for. Uh, I guess my number one would probably be Carryon Johnson, uh, running back from Detroit. Yes. 
uh, I think he's going to be really good. And uh, this hurts me to say because I'm a Bears fan, and I don't want to say this, but it's it's true. I think he's really good. Um, he's really nimble. He's quick on his feet. He hits the hole. And uh, he had five point – I believe it was – five point like three or 5.4 yards per carry uh last year and you know despite injury and everything like that he still had a really productive year um Mm -hmm. and i think you know with a full season under his well not really a full season but you know technically a full season under his belt last year um he's got this year to build on and i think he's going to be really good he catches the ball well in the backfield he hits the hole he's fast and we know there's a lot of weapons on that Detroit offense now. So it's going to open it up for him a lot. You got TJ Hawkinson coming in from Iowa. Kenny Galladay. I think Kenny Galladay is going to be a stud. Uh, it, not, maybe not this year, but eventually down the line with his size, his speed, and the way he runs routes, I think he's going to be really good. It's all up to Matt Stafford. It, Matt Stafford, we've seen good Matt Stafford. We've seen bad Matt Stafford. So it really depends on his quarterback. If Matt Stafford plays well, that – might be the best division in football this year. Um, you oh, already yeah. know it's the never Bears bad. Are, it's the never Bears bad. are going to be great. The Packers, mm-hmm. I feel like, are going to have a solid season this this year. Um, the Vikings are always going to be competitive. Of course, Kirk Cousins is like the middle of the pack, but I mean, he'll win you some games. Any mm-hmm. team that has Diggs and Thielen is going to be competitive. absolutely. Yeah. I mean that's just that's that's the real or the reality of all that. That's just two great receivers on the outside. It's hard to not be competitive with those guys. And I feel like that defense will be even better than they were last year. I know they took a big regression after the season they had in twenty seventeen, but I feel like they could now don't forget Xavier Rhodes was hurt for a lot of the year last year. That's their number one Absolutely. corner. Man. So I think if he comes back healthy and you know he's gonna be a little better. I think that would be nice. Harrison Smith is a really, really good safety. Yes. Anthony Barr. I mean, that defense is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I don't so. uh, They just got to play to the talent level. That's about it, I don't though. think they lost yeah. anybody in free agency, did they? They almost lost Anthony Barr, but he came back. I don't, I don't think they lost anyone. I just don't think they really added anyone major, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely agree with so. that. That's why I can see them kind of being middle of the pack again. And like I said, that team will only go as far as Kirk Cousins takes them. And so far, Kirk Cousins has taken their money. That's it. <laughs> he hasn't taken them anywhere. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know. Like but I see, said, I, you but I say this though: if you si- outside, but if you sign Kirk need. Cousins, sorry about that. No, you're good. Let's say if you if you, you sign Kirk Cousins though, I don't think they sign him to keep in mind. You know, you, you're not expecting him to have to carry the team. It sucks because you still gave him a lot of money, but you signed him thinking that, okay, if we went 13-3 and three with Case Keenum and we're going to bring all these same players back and we're going to get Dalvin Cook healthy, we're going to be okay. And that's not how it turned out. But everybody's going to have to step up. I'm not trying to absolve Kirk Cousins or anything, but he is what he is. It's kind of sorry. But <laughs> he has his moments. Yes. He has yeah. his moments. But yeah. as long as you're not counting on him necessarily in December, like every quarterback's a game manager – but you really want him to manage the game. Like, there were some plays where, you know, like, I think there's still a, uh, still a play I remember where he got the ball to uh, Adam. Yo. I think we lost him. Yeah, I think we lost him. Uh, man. Let me. In the meantime, you can go ahead. I guess. <laughs> no, hold on. Let me. Let me, let me <laughs> I, mean, I don't. I don't know, bro. Let's let's try to get him back. I heard something. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Let's try to get him back really quick. Uh... He was making good points, and all of a sudden, that just cut out, and I was like, "Wait." Well, I, one thing. I one thing I was saying uh, before we started the episode was that I was happy as uh, he, he sounds a lot better than he did last week. Oh yeah, yeah. Last last week was bad, man. He sounded like Optimus Prime the entire time. It was, it was bad. <laughs> you know what happened? Actually, not my finger slipped and hey! I hit the. Uh, <laughs> now my finger slipped and I hit the exit oh, button, cool. Cool. and I was okay, just sitting right there talking the whole good. time. Yeah, oh, I I jinxed myself. <laughs> But basically, all I said was you're still going to have to hope the rest of the team can carry the $84 million man because I just don't expect much from Kirk Cousins. He is who he was. He's not going to get any better, but you just got to hope that you get the good moments while everybody else is performing at their best level. It's amazing how fast a championship window closes in the NFL. You look at that team in 2017, you know, they were prime, you know, almost on the brink of a Super Bowl, you know, in their home city. And then, well, their home stadium. And then 
the following year they go eight and eight. Like it's amazing. You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, the how the season that they had in twenty seventeen, then all of a sudden the regress the regression mm-hmm. that they had, like the championship window AFC championship to just mediocre season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just out of nowhere. You know, I, I don't know. I, I you know, I you mentioned you know the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. I mean, I know they went back to the wild card, but by like week eleven or week twelve, it didn't look like they were making the playoffs whatsoever. So I mean, like I said, it's amazing how fast that championship window closes. I'm, I applaud all the teams that are able to stay consistent. That's, I mean, I hate the, as much as I hate the Patriots, you have to applaud them because they're able to be in it every single year. I don't think there's really any other team that can actually say that they are able to do that on a yearly basis. Yeah. Boston fans in no. general are really spoiled, but that's just a whole other topic. Um my breakout player, I want to say, since we're already talking about the Arizona Cardinals, I want to let's. I want to say David Johnson. I was going to say Christian Kirk, but I'll say David Johnson. Mm. Um, coming off of a full year off with the wrist injury is not like he has like bad legs or something like that. It's not like he's going to get ran to the ground. I mean, he did get quite a few touches last year, but I mean, that's because they had to get the ball to their best player with their offensive line being so bad. Um, But I feel like this year with them adding the receivers, with them adding Kyler Murray, which I feel like is a much better quarterback than um, Rosen. Uh, I feel like he right. can really do some things. Not only is he a great runner, he's also a great player out of the backfield. and He'll get a lot of touches just like he did last year. They won't force feed him like they did last year, but I feel like he'll be even more efficient due to the fact that they added weapons on the wide receiver corps. That's a really good pick. Um, honestly, I agree with that because David Johnson was their number one guy, you know, for two years now. Not staying running back. I mean, there was their number one option. Yep whether it be running the ball, whether it be out of the backfield, David Johnson was the number one guy. Larry Fitzgerald, great receiver, understood, you know, future Hall of Famer. Um, But, you know, father time catches up to all of us. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald was not Larry Fitzgerald of old. And David Johnson had to carry that load. And now that they have weapons, David Johnson is going to get a significantly reduced role. Not saying he's going to get less touches. He's just not going to be needed as much to get that ball down the field. You know, you got Christian Kirk mm-hmm. deep. You, you know, he, he can stretch the field. You know, he's really fast. You got Andy Isabella, Speedster, Fitzgerald. I mean, you got a couple weapons for Kyler Murray now. Um, I think they're not going to have an issue moving the ball as they have in the past few years. So that's actually a really good Absolutely. pick. Dane, what's your pick for a breakout player or candidate? Well, I'm going to go down to the NFC South and I'm going to roll with DJ Moore from the Panthers. A good- I like him for a couple of reasons. You know, once he became a starter about halfway through the season last year, he still showed some inconsistency, but his numbers took off. He he started to put up the yards. It became an option for Cam because, you know, for the most part for the Panthers last year, it was just Cam and McCaffrey playing two-man ball up and down the field. That's why McCaffrey set the record for most uh, receptions for running back last year. But DJ Moore is going to lighten that load a little bit. And honestly, like, I know we only said one, but don't be surprised if the Panthers have two breakout players and Curtis Samuel I was going to say that too. And they finally have two receiving – they finally Man. have two receiving options now at the wide receiver spot. They might have a, an improved uh, receiving core right there for you. They also added uh, Kevin Hogan, if I'm not – not Kevin Hogan. Um, What's his name? Chris, Chris Hogan? Hogan. I said Kevin Hogan. My, my mistake. But, yeah. I know that – I don't too much, man. Good. But, yeah, but yeah um, the addition of him. Isn't Tory Smith still there, too? Yeah. Wait, who? Tory Smith. Oh, wow. Not that that he, means I anything, mean, I mean, but, I mean, stress. yeah, I think he's yeah, I was going to say, he, I don't think he's really going to be, like, that big, I mean, but, yeah, he's fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Now, did you, you used to be pretty yeah, did you guys see there was a clip of Steve Smith? He was at the Panthers uh, training camp, and he was talking to Cam, and he was like, I don't know, man. Should I start DJ Moore or John Brown? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. 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 he was like, if he, he threatened to slap that man if he didn't um, put up enough points at the end of the year. That was funny. That was actually really hilarious. He's like, if you don't get two points, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, man. Steve Smith, he just knows. He just knows. Because you know DJ Moore's going to respond to that, you know. he, You just do. You know, Steve Smith's not the type of person you take lightly. So, I know he's going to try to, like, obviously, you know, make up right. for that. So. Um, I was honestly going to go with DJ Moore, too. So, great pick. I was really, really considering thinking about that. I, I was so. considering Curtis Samuel. Like, that's – 
That's why. Yeah, so yeah, both both are great options. Honestly, yeah, great options. Yo, I was playing, man. Yo, they on franchise mode, like Curtis Samuel is like unstoppable in that game. I don't know why, but whatever. Um, you know what? I, I'm playing franchise mode because I just got the game myself, and I'm playing with the Redskins. And if that's not the hardest thing in the world, because they oh, just God. don't have like you know, they have the superstar. Uh, the superstar, I forget what they call, but the uh, they how they differentiate each player, like especially the elite players. X Factor, X Factor is my bad. They, the Redskins don't really have yeah. anybody, they got some superstars. They had they had Kerrigan, they got a uh, Trent Williams, of course. Um, Landon Collins, that's what you know. The, the quarterbacks aren't that good. They uh, Haskins starts off at like a 71 or whatever. You know that you have to give them, you got to spend the upgrade points to get them up there. So it's been yeah. rough. I think right, you gotta drag them out the mud early. <laughs> since we since All we right. brought up players that are going are expected to break out this year, it's time to talk about players who are going to regress from last year. I'll start, and I'll say Eric Ebron most likely isn't going to score 15 touchdowns um, this year with the Colts. Um, not saying he will have a terrible season or anything like that, but I do feel like. Um, it was kind of a, I don't know. It was kind of a once in a lifetime thing you'll see from Eric Ebron. Like, out of body experience last year playing with Andrew. Luck. Yeah, 50 <laughs> yeah I think he had like eight hundred yards receiving. Like that's that's nuts. Like I don't I don't expect Eric Ebron to have that type of season again. I mean, to be honest, you might be right because I don't know if you guys saw, but Andrew Luck is hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know they're not sure. When he- play like right now and you know they're they're, they're gonna you know last year how they tried to give us the uh oh he'll be back at this point and he didn't come back then he didn't really come back till about a month before the season started or whatever don't know what the injury i'm not sure what the injury is right now though but I think it's leg, that's gonna I be yeah, it's a foot or uh, ankle injury yeah something lower back it's a shame he can't stay healthy that's that's it is he's just he's a stud it sucks yes that's I'll the second you, uh, time play- I was gonna say I think a player that I think is going to regress, and this isn't you know inner inner uh, AFC North bias, but like I was speaking on last week, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you know, like I love to see them, love to see him succeed, but I didn't think the formula for success last year was sustainable. You know, he was a great rusher, but I just don't. You can't win games like that and not for his body size. You see how much Cam still gets hurt from running mm-hmm. the ball a lot, and a lot of the runs that he had last year were designed. They weren't just scramble plays. They were running triple option. They were bringing college plays to the NFL, and that's not going to be – Look at Robert be... Griffin. Yeah. Exactly. Robert Griffin, you know, a lot like, of promise and towards ACL. And piggybacking off of something I was saying last week with the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, and I was pulling up some uh, research, looking at some numbers for his offenses overall throughout the years because he coached in – like I said, he coached in San Francisco and he coached in Buffalo – the team ranks were never overall that great. You know, they can run the ball cool, but you got this this is a different NFL now than when he was with the 49ers at the beginning of the decade. You got to pass yep. the ball. So I'm I think there's going to be a form of regression in the sense of all the the spectacular breathtaking plays. But we'll see. I, I'm I'm I love to see him play better, but I'm I'm not ready to say that he's a, a rising star at quarterback. See, the thing is about Lamar Jackson, um, people are quick to point out, oh yeah, he can throw the ball deep. Uh, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks can throw the ball deep. Are you accurate when you throw the ball deep? Is it actually successful when you throw the ball deep? I that has it's yet to be seen in the NFL. Uh, he even at times had problems with it uh, his last season at Louisville. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, I could see him having that type of regression as well. Um, I, I, I won't say uh, regress, but I feel like his expectations are a little too high for this upcoming season. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that particular uh, category after uh, Jake makes his pick. Uh, um, I think a lot of people might disagree with me on this one, um, but I'm going to have to say Juju. I would say Juju um, for a couple reasons. Uh, for one, I think he had like 1,400 receiving yards last year. I don't think he's going to do that this year, um, especially as the number one option. I think a lot of his touches last year and a lot of the yards that he, you know, he got was because AB is a surefire number one superstar who faced double teams almost half the time. You know, he's on the field. Um, I don't think Juju is going to get as much attention as AB would, but now that he's number one over there in Pitt. 
Um, he's definitely going to get, you know, double teams. He's definitely going to get the number one corner, you know, on him, um, unlike A.B., and I don't think it's going to be as open for him as, you know, a lot of people would think. Um, sure, he had a great year last year. Um, believe he had 111 catches and uh, 1,400 yards. That's great. Um, but a lot of those were because A.B. opened the field for him a lot. I think Roethlisberger is on his way down in his career. Um, and I think they're going to run the ball a lot this year. I think they're going to see really what they got in James Conner, and they're going to give him, you know, a heavier load. Uh, and, yeah, I don't, I don't really think Juju is going to – I don't think he's going to have a bad year by any means. I just don't think he's going to make, I guess, the same impact as he would like this year because A.B.'s not there. And I know that sounds kind of wrong because, you know, A.B. was this and A.B., you know, kind of did him dirty. But it's just the reality is that Antonio Brown is a bona fide superstar who's going to get a ton of attention. And if he's not on that field, Juju's just not going to have as much open for him. Ah, but counterpoint. Counterpoint. <laughs> and that's not to say – not to say because it's very well there could be uh, – there could be some regression. There's no denying that. But I'll say counterpoint to not just you, but anybody who would make the argument that his numbers were there because of A.V. Keep in mind that Juju was in his second year last year. A.B.'s been on this tear that he's been on since 2013. And I'll tell you what, Martavis Bryant was by far and away much more talented than Juju was. He's played with other talented receivers as well, even if you want to throw in, not, not to the same extent, but Marcus Wheaton didn't put up the numbers. Martavis Bryant didn't on a consistent basis. Even when Emmanuel Sanders was there, even playing with A.B., he didn't put up the numbers that we needed. So I think there's something to be said of what Juju showed you, and I think that he's a, he's a player that he's going to get on his own, and I think this is going to be a chance for him to have his season to show everybody that, yeah, A.B. was cool, but keep in mind that, one, I'm nice too, and two, I got a nice quarterback. We got a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know. It's, you know, been through a lot of picks last year, no doubt, and that's the issue with him the last couple years, but he also led the league in passing. That's nothing to forget about because the Steelers did throw the ball a lot, and I wish, I wish he was right about them running the ball more, but I don't see it because, like I said, I, I think I mentioned this last week, but he doesn't need to throw the ball 640-something times again. He doesn't need to do that because he had the most completions by far last year, and I think it was the fourth most, uh, fourth most attempts of all time uh, for passing in one season. That's not – what we need to be doing for a quarterback at his age. But I think they're going to run the compliment. And you guys, not just James Conner, Jalen Samuels, who I think reminds me a lot more of Le'Veon Bell. He's a big back who can catch and he can run. He was scoring touchdowns when he finally got in the game last year. Conner's going to have to stay healthy, though, but they have the weapons, and it's not just going to be on Juju. You still got the tight ends. You still got the running backs who can both catch. There's some other small receivers like Reek mentioned earlier. James Washington did step up. He looked a whole lot better. And that one preseason game that he did all the last year to keep it a buck yes. with you, but mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, like I said, there's a chance for regression, no denying that. But Pittsburgh I'm going to think for sure they're going to have a definite, definite, definite microscope on them for sure all year. But I agree. At least there's no drama right now. That's all I can You're say. Right. You're there's right. You're no right. right. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> now that we've mentioned players that are poised for breakouts and players who are expected to regress. I kind of want to throw something in between and talk about players whose expectations for 2019 may be a little too high. Um, I'd like to start one player. I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not. Um, And I know this isn't like some huge household name, but I like to say Darius Geis. Um, I see a lot of people Hmm. saying he's primed to have this, not big year, but... I've even even seen fantasy projections saying he will rush near uh, a thousand yards and stuff like that. The fact of the matter is, I mean, that's bold coming off an ACL and no NFL experience. Everything you just mentioned, along with the fact that they don't have Trent Williams and along with the fact that he's not the number one running back in Washington, Adrian Peterson. You also have to share carries and targets with Chris Thompson and which is no slouch whatsoever. So I think people are a little too high on Darius guys coming into a second year, a guy with no NFL experience. Yeah, I agree. That's a great one. I mean, that's really a great point you made. I mean, I don't see him having nearly as impactful of a season that a lot of people are a thousand yards rushing. I mean, that's nothing to scoff at. I mean, coming off an ACL injury, that's just 
that's, I don't know, that's extreme. Yeah, and I'm not seeing a clear-cut number one back in Washington at this moment anyway to say that this person is going to have a 1,000. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if you had two guys run for 800 and somebody run for, like, 600 just because there's going to be a lot of steps there. And I doubt they're going to stick with one guy. I just – I don't see it. They're going to try to use every available weapon and option they have to try to move the ball forward and score some points. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys can get into your players – who I don't know if you guys have an example or anything like that, but um, any players you could think of? Well, see, for me, um, I might. I think in the moment, I might not. I, all, all that's coming to mind for me are teams necessarily, not not even full teams. Like for instance, I think, and this is saying a lot, but I think that um, once again, I think the Browns take the Browns for instance, and I'm I'm speaking to strictly experience. Okay. The teams that, you know, the Browns, they made, they won seven games last year. They took off when Freddie Kitchens became a coach. But, I mean, speak, you're taking a guy that went from uh, being, like, a, a position coach. He might have been the offensive coordinator to now he's in his first year as a head coach, and he's got limited experience. You got a bunch of young players. I, I think we all expect the Browns to contend for the playoffs, and I think they're aiming for around 10 wins, though. But I'm seeing, like, you know, they got a chance to be top two, three offenses. And I'm not seeing they put it together this quickly. You know, that's why I'm saying I think we should still pump the brakes on them a little bit. Because I think for some people, if the Browns don't take that giant leap this year, then they're going to think that, you know, it might be a fail. And I don't think that necessarily. I think, you know, you still got young guys that are coming together, gelling and learning to play in the NFL. So I think, like, they may be a year away. But I don't think that this is the year, and I don't think this is going to be the year they set the world on fire necessarily. But I think they're still going to be a very good football team, to be honest with you. That's a good pick. Jake? Oh, man. Um, that's a really good question because um, I haven't seen a ton of projections for a lot of players. Um, but I do think there's some players that are certainly overvalued at their position. Um, and I'm going to start with Le'Veon Bell. Oh, my. Yeah, that was going. That was a, another player I was going to say. I mean, let's be real, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he has not played NFL football in a long, long time, and you know, I'm not sure what you know shape he's in. I'm not sure what workout regimens he's been doing. I have no way to attest to what that man has been doing to stay in NFL shape. However, I do know that if you take a full season off NFL football, you're going to be coming in rusty, and that's that. Um, I also think he's in a different system in New York and he's not going to be running behind the same uh, offensive line in New York as he was in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's O-line was, I mean, they were maulers. You had Pouncey, you had Gilbert, you had Ramon Foster. I mean, you had some studs on that Pittsburgh O-line and he's not running behind them anymore. You know, he, you had DeCastro. I mean, you had all pros on that line. And I don't know about the Jets line um, as far as what they're capable of, but I know they're not going to be nearly as good as Pittsburgh and, and, you know, in their heyday. Um, So I'd say Le'Veon. I think a lot of people are really overvaluing him. I think he's good. I think he can do it all. You know, he can bounce off, you know, crazy runs. You know, he catches out of the backfield. He breaks tackles. He does it all. There's no denying that. Not at all. Um, However, I think a lot of people talk too much um, into him. I think they see him as way more value than he actually possesses. Um, I don't think he's going to be as good as people think. I think he's going to, you know, hit, not like a slump, but I think reality is going to hit him and they're going to be like, okay, you know, he's back in the NFL again. He hasn't played in a long time and they're going to see that. One thing I want to add to that is that for one, you know, I, of course, Le'Veon is known for his balance. He's known for his patience as a runner. But he's never Absolutely. he's never been a player people looked at and was like, oh man, he's so fast. Like, no, no, he's not a fast guy. He just makes a lot of smooth jump cuts, and he really knows how to like position himself and get through the hole. He's patient. He's one of the most patient running backs I've ever seen play the game of football. Um, but to, to, he's not fast. Yeah, but to Bell's defense, though, he's still a, he's he's a power back. He's still a big back, and I don't think his game is more so predicated off being able to carry a volume of loads and receptions than really breaking off long runs. Because that was one frustrating thing, I won't lie. Like, he never really broke off long runs for us. But at the same time, when you're getting 20, 25, 30 carries and you're catching the ball seven, eight, nine times in the game, you're going to do because he's moving the ball. And don't forget, when he lines up as a wide receiver, he's going to add that element to the New York Jets offense. Uh, Darnold may not be Big Ben. 
Well, not he definitely is a big Ben. We'll say that, but he's still going to be able to line up and take these linebackers out into the slot, take them out wide. I've seen this man run screens, fades, slants. Yeah, he, he's he's going to be a weapon. And of course, you're right. He hasn't played football in a year, and the reports have been conflicting. He says that he's been training. You know, he says that he's in good shape. There's also people that say that he came in the camp a little on the tubby side. But we're going we're, we're gonna to have to see how it works out with him because they're going to be an adjustment period, probably the first month or so of the season of him getting back in the game shape. You know, it's different practicing versus actually playing in these yeah, games. That's, that, yeah, that's also what I wanted to add. It's so hard to replicate um, NFL in-game speed compared to what you see in practice or however else he was training for the year that he had off. So that'll probably take some weeks to get – you know, back into the swing of things. Um, is there, uh, before we go, is there anything you guys wanted to add? Uh, doesn't even have to be about this topic. It could be anything NFL related. Yeah, you know, that's something I want to talk about. It's, it's not even just because you're an Eagles fan, but I bring this point up because I tweeted this earlier about Dak. You know, there was the, the reports at first, which I, I came in here this morning, and it was actually the Cowboys that, you know, purposely leaked that information about Dak wanting 40 mil to kind of try to sabotage him to get the fans to turn on them. And trust me, they did their job and it worked. But keep in mind, NFL quarterback contracts, they're not about how good you are and what you deserve. It's always about leverage. Because keep in mind, this started back with Flacco. When Flacco was the one that really blew the market wide open after he won the Super Bowl. And after that, you had guys like Matt Stafford and Derek Carr and Andrew Luck when he was younger. Not even it was a tad bit too early, but all these guys were making the most money in the NFL. And you had Jimmy G getting his contract last year as well. And we still haven't seen anything from him. But I tweeted out the point that, you know, Dak might not, well, not even might not. Dak isn't as talented of a football player as Wentz. But Yo, he just went out. <laughs> man, he was, man, hey, I shit. think that was God. He's about to go in on Wentz, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. All I heard was uh, Dak is not not as talented as a player as Wentz. I, I, I think I, then, I think I know what he was going to say. God stopped him. God stopped him. <laughs> I think I know what he was about to say, and I, I completely agree. I'm not even going to say and disagree. I'm an Eagles fan, but. I, I get what he's going to say. I, I'm going to just let him say it, though. <laughs> I don't know if the similar thing happened that happened before or not. I'm not sure. We'll give him a few seconds. He's though. an interesting situation. <laughs> I... Yo. <laughs> okay. There he goes. All right. So, yep. let me... Paste the link. Put it in the chat. The second time that's happened to him. You hate to see it. Yep. You hate to see it. It's, it's been a really good episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly. But while I got time, um, I'm going to say, uh, while we're on that topic, Dak Prescott is, in fact, not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Thank you. That is all. <laughs> And anyone who says that is just very, very, very biased or a Cowboys fan or simply just not seeing things straight. See, the, um, the, I, I can name a lot, lot better QBs than him. The argument you can make for him getting that much money, well, I can't say declining $30 million. That's kind of weird. To now, is that is that confirmed? Has he actually, you know, turned down 30? Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Okay, now that's absurd. That is truly absurd. See, but the thing is, I, I get what Dane was about to say. He was saying that, you know, you could use the Carson Wentz contract as leverage. You know, he's beat Wentz three out of four games that they played. Also has won a playoff game. Also has been avail- more, much more available than Carson Wentz has. Obviously, he's not the better quarterback out of the two. But, I mean, it's all about wins and losses, not more so talent in this league. So, um, I definitely I, I get what Dane was going to say as far as um, that entire contract situation. Turn it yeah. down. I, I don't know. I just I just don't think you can be asking. You don't, you're not in a position to ask for that much. If you're not a top 10 QB, you really don't have the right to ask for that much. And off the top of my head, I, I'm pretty sure I could name 10 better. I mean, you start with Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck. 
um, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, um, Roethlisberger at the moment, Carson Wentz. Uh, I'd even argue Jared Goff and Deshaun Watson, I'd say is better. And I mean, you can make an argument that Mitchell Trubisky's better. Honestly, you really could. Um, so I, I would have said, I think that was 13, 13 maybe. So he's certainly not top 10. But. Yeah, he's 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 a definitely a a middle in the middle of the pack quarterback. Um, absolutely, absolutely. So for him to be offered top three money in the league, I don't know why you would you know turn your head at that. But I mean, hey, yeah, yeah. Not to not sure, not sure he has the right to be asking for thirty million at this point in his career. Yeah. He's still in a rookie contract. And he's still a young player. The he hasn't proven why. Much. The reason why he's been so successful is due to Ezekiel Elliott, not. More so, hundred oh, percent. And yep. look at Amari Cooper last year. Yeah. Before Amari Cooper came in, Dak Prescott was not nobody. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Amari Cooper made him relevant that year. Amari Cooper was a stud last year when he came in, and they traded for Cooper. I mean, Dak Prescott was a whole other man. Um, so credit to him for that. But you also have to look at him before. You know, I mean, he's only had Cooper for what eight games. Look, let's look at his. You know, three years before that, was he like that good? His rookie year, yes. Second, third year, yeah, kinda. Not, not, not really great. I Zeke, mean, he makes some real suspended. stupid throws. Zeke got suspended, yep. and he looked awful. He looked like the quarterback everybody thought he was entering the NFL draft. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just ready for football, man. There's, there's just that's all I can say. I'm just ready. Preseason is okay, it. but I mean, it's really not much to me. The only thing I was watching in preseason because I didn't get to reiterate it earlier. I let Dane go for it, but uh. I watched for the Bears kickers. I wanted to see how they would, you know, react in an actual NFL game. Oh, man. Um, and I'm not sure if you watched. It was Bears Panthers. Oh, I did. And, uh, yeah. So, wow. I appreciate that. Showing the Bears some love. <laughs> um, so, the Bears kicker uh, was about to kick. And uh, Ron Rivera, former Bear, uh, iced him. And uh, it came out after the game that Rivera and Nagy had discussed, hey, you know, if you know one of my kickers gets in this situation, I want you to ice him because I want pressure on him. I want him to, you know, feel like the big time. I want him to be under the most pressure possible so he can kick a field goal at Soldier Field. You know, here it is in August. I want him to do this in December. You know, Ron Rivera, good guy, said no problem pretty much, and just iced him, and he put it right down the middle. Um, so that was really good to see. So – I don't know if that really means anything, but I don't think the Bears – I don't know. It's just – I don't know. At this point, I don't know if the Bears have their week one kicker on their roster, but I don't think they have a choice. I think they should have traded for um, Vedvik from Baltimore, but Minnesota ended up giving a fifth uh, to get him, and I don't think the Bears are really in a position to give, you know, a fifth rounder for a kicker yeah. at this time given they've given so many picks away in the past few years. They gave um, they gave a so six-rounder for a uh, kicker, didn't they? They gave a conditional seventh to Oakland for Eddie Pinheiro. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So if he doesn't play like uh, so-and-so amount of games or he's not on the roster, you know, come so-and-so, it, you know, it pretty much they get it back. Uh, so got it. Yeah. It's really not like a risk. I mean, a seventh-rounder is not going to make or break your team. But a fifth-rounder, that's a pretty steep pick, you know, or, for a, or a steep price for a uh, kicker. Not even a proven kicker. You know, this is this is not a proven kicker by any means. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's coming back. So, I mean, if you want to wrap this up, I'm down. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. Dane isn't coming back, so I'm just gonna wrap this up. Uh, it was it was a good recording with you guys. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Absolutely, Dre brother. back next week for episode three of the Moving the Chains podcast. This is yep, shout out Dre. Yeah, here shout in out, spirit. Yeah, here in the spirit. Um, this is Reek. Um, signing off. Catch y'all next week. Yes, sir.